Welcome to episode number 116 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. You're now entering the stretch of episodes where everything played at the top of the show for the next however many weeks will be in some way influenced by the Beastie Boys book, which I'm currently devouring Mike D wrote about seeing Black Flag in New York with MCA. Ad Rock was at the show, but that was before they'd met. But it's a show that I believe is talked about in a couple of different places. But two van loads of kids come up from DC to bring the ruckus. That includes Ian and Alec Mackay and Henry Rollins. Dez was singing for Black Flag at that time. Henry takes his place by the end of the year. Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore. We're also at this show. It's one of those one of those gigs where everyone within a year has started their bands or has joined the band that they just went to see. Patrick Kinlan from Self Defense Family, Drug Church, and the Axe to Grind podcast is on the show this week. Y'all are in for a treat. I do hope that you enjoyed last week's episode of Patreon content, our little sampler of what we've been doing over on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Podcast to pledge a monthly amount to help support the show in exchange for access to that audio content we sampled for you last week and plenty more. I was home for the holiday and my dad and I sat down and talked about the replacements and Tim, the record he named me after, had a ton of fun doing that. We've also got postcards, coffee, Chloe. Check it out over on patreon.com slash better yet podcast all right patrick kinlan is my guest this week patrick of the axe grind podcast drug church and self-defense family self-defense family is a project that patrick started up in 2003 originally under the name end of a year end of a year was a melodic leaning pop punk sort of emo adjacent band that over the course of half a dozen years went through many different evolutions lineup changes and a significant expanse in sound eventually reaching a point where a name change was warranted and with that change the self-defense family they have effectively worked to remove any and all restrictions to the creative process they're a band that to an outsider can feel difficult but from within one of the most rewarding bands making music today, contrary to all that, or maybe semi-contrary, is Drug Church, who started in 2011, a band that is so immediately gratifying and straightforward, and a band that has done nothing but improve over time. The case in point being their new record, Cheer, which was released at the beginning of this month, a record that punches way above its weight class, and one that almost serves as a companion to have you considered punk music, the self-defense LP from this year. The two records come from the same internal space, a space that Pat and I talk a great deal about, but as have you considered punk music focuses on the self, drug church finds its enemies in the external. The dude has made two of my favorite records of this year, and he's a co-host of my favorite podcast of 2018, 
Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast, a show that has reignited my interest in hardcore and the hardcore adjacent. So with all of that, I was excited to have Pat over, knowing full well that he's one who likes to talk, and I let him go. I got my questions in. I had such a good time, a very fun talk this week, so let's get to it. But we'll start with a song. This is the first track from Cheer. It's a song called Grubby, followed by my interview with Patrick Kinlan. do those acts to grind podcasts for how long three and change three and a half yeah it, it's brutal how do you keep how do you, how do you just keep like mentally okay i i feel like i've finally picked up on the fact that there are like moments where one of you will exit and i'll just be like you and tom talking for a second and then, yeah, i mean we at least gotta pee yeah. <laughs> the, the uh <laughs> that podcast is tough because bob is uh Bob is a very ordered mind, uh, very uh, uh, sort of uh, not business oriented per se, but like just uh, uh, on task sort of guy. He's uh, he's the anchor. So he like yeah for sure. When it, it started as an idea that just Tom and I were going to do, and I'm glad I'm glad Bob got involved because otherwise Tom and I would just be floating off in space. But the, the uh, uh-huh. um, it's rough though because Bob likes to now that we do Patreon, it's like a we got such a better response than we anticipated that it's, we now treat it like, Oh, I guess I have a second small business now. You yeah. know what I mean? So now I, ha- now there's like a, you know, it feels right to give people quote unquote their money's worth. You know what I mean? It's interesting how that goes. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah, I got, as you were a Patreon, I got a Patreon for this yep. and it happens. And I got, it, Tom's got a mug that I got to ship to him. So that's cool. <laughs> and it, it, beco- it becomes, uh, you know, like it's an interesting thing cause you always want to do your best but then there's there's people that you forget that there are, there are people that it's not always about your best to them. It's also like their drive to work, you know right. what I mean, or, or or whatever it is. They they would like content to fill that space, or that they just like. She's gonna move around a little bit and like find a find oh, a good cool. spot for. Her. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's also the uh, there's this idea that oh maybe the people who are like pledging to this just do it because they like you not yeah. because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh sure they're ready to get on like the patreon equivalent of yelp right be like well <laughs> no no no, that's true uh, for sure yeah so how long how long have you known tom you go i've known tom for a long time go uh, way back in the in the just new york hardcore uh, right uh so when i'm yeah probably like 2001 or something like that 2000 okay. uh so uh yeah wow that would be crazy is that accurate that might be true yeah uh-huh. um <clears throat> let's say 2002 all right uh, padded a little bit yeah like, n- known tom for a long time i actually uh weirdly uh directed a music video for most precious blood 
when Tom was in the band. Oh, okay. And, and uh, fun experience. You know, this was before GoPros, so like it was, you know, th- strap a book bag on a kid and say jump into the jump into the crowd, sort of thing. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, it was. I've known him since then. It was. It, it, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of uh, that most precious blood record that he's on. Like a legitimate, I think it's, I think it's like the best '90s hardcore record that didn't come out in the '90s. Yeah, I, I think it's exceptional. It's indecision too. It, so indecision, many people feel is great. I recognize the value of, uh-huh. but I don't feel like any of those recordings make it easy to connect with the records. Sure. So when most when that first most precious blood record came out, nothing in vain. Uh, it had all the parts of indecision that I liked also recorded at a level that I thought was like it showed them off. You yeah. Know I mean, so uh, I love that record. So it sounds pristine for it, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and not in an overproduced way that irritates me either. Like it's uh, to me, it's like a very perfect uh, kind of look at that type of hardcore. Yeah. You know I mean? So I, I, lo- I love it. But, and, and then you and Bob, what do you go back to? Bob and to I Rev? Go, Bob and I go back to Rev. Yeah. Bob actually is responsible for, uh, any sort of whatever tiny bit of success that I have in music, a lot of it you can trace back to Bob because Bob uh, was the person that uh, put uh, end of a year on at Revelation. And uh, that led to taking the band, I don't want to say more seriously because I, I, I take everything I do serious in the respect that I I want it to be good. Right. But but that doesn't mean that I always believe that other people recognize that it's good, you know? Uh-huh. And then when somebody gives you that sort of, that sort of cosign that they acknowledge that, Hey, the world cares more than you think. Uh, then you kind of, uh, it, it can put a wind in your sails to also take it seriously in the same way. So if you know, if you're an artist, you're taking it seriously in the self-fulfilling way, but then you're all, once you're told, Hey, somebody else on earth might care about it. It's very encouraging. So, uh, Bob is, very, you know, a, a local label, which of course we owe two local labels, which of course we owe the same sort of nod, but it it was uh, also helped us. But it was really Bob uh, reaching out from Revelation, which you know, quite a marquee for for you know one guy in the band. His favorite band of all time uh, is. Uh, uh, underdog, you know what I mean? So it's uh-huh. like, you're talking about people that, and that's like a lower tier yeah, revelation yeah. <laughs> band too. Well, you, I'm you, like, okay, yeah. Gorilla biscuits. Right, sure. Uh-huh. It's that era meant a lot to, and me not as much, honestly, like I, the, the rev stuff that I uh, gravitate towards is not like, you know, what, whatever they call it, like Connecticut label. It's not, it's or, or Connecticut address. It's not a, I don't like the, the hardcore classics to me are not, as interesting as some of the other Rev stuff, but Rev was still obviously just an, such a nice. It's kind of an interesting time for Rev that you were there too, because sure. you had Shy Lude, well, Elliot was there. So it was the the signings that uh, that Bob is responsible for was that kind of interesting. Uh, so I don't know how much I'm talking out of turn, but every once in a while, Revelation will decide that they want to be a quote unquote real label instead of. 90% reissue, 10% uh, new material, right? Yeah. And I don't know what goes into that decision. I'm sure that uh, the fact that the music industry sucks probably is pro- <laughs> you know prohibitive. Uh-huh. But <clears throat> they've got such a catalog that, and there's creative people working there that want to do new stuff that 
every once in a while there's a push, right? And right before Bob started, there was this push in a very kind of quote unquote off brand direction, which was uh, kind of like since by man or, or, or uh, uh, curl up and die. Sure. Uh, and uh, plot to blow up the Eiffel Tower, maybe might have been on. Anyway, there was kind of like a sassier slash metalcore ish sort of thing yeah, going that was on happening that, at that time, right? And the gentleman before Bob, whose name escapes me, tried to capitalize on that. Didn't quite take for the rev, the average rev fan. I'm sure there were successes, but whatever. Yeah. But uh, Bob tried to bring multiple elements of Rev's history to his signing. So when he was put in charge. You know, he did down to nothing, uh, uh, sinking ships, and uh, those are straight up hardcore acts in a lot of respects, right? Yeah. Down to nothing, in particular, straight up hardcore acts. Uh, but then he also he brought in bands like Gracer, which owed a lot to yeah to Elliot to you know so so and right. then and, and then, then there's like like end of year and and shook ones. Yep, exactly right. Fits. Um, so it was uh, it was an exciting time for the for the label. We. I mean, we sold dog shit, so we got kicked off. But it, uh. it, it but, but but it was, uh, it, it was uh, a, a, a really good. You know, he he was doing something at that time that I thought was such a tricky tightrope walk, and he he did it with a lot of grace. So I've I've known him I've known him uh, for many years. Actually, was my roommate for a brief time. Oh wow! Uh, in Albany, in Albany, yeah. I mean, he would tell you, poor uh-huh. guy. Uh, in, in Albany. And you know what? I have no idea why Bob was in Albany, but Bob lived with me. <laughs> we lived together for a while. And you you grew up in Albany, right? I did, yeah. And is that's where end of year starts and all that? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So, w- what did your folks do? Uh, my mother uh, was a house uh, wife, uh, or really, what do you call it? Uh, she's a mother of four. So I, whatever, uh-huh. whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my father uh, worked in staffing, but uh, he's a I would never use the term career criminal uh, because it's not quite like that. My father is a degenerate gambler. Yeah. So uh, when he gets in trouble, uh, he in the past has, uh, uh, what would the word be, stolen Uh, (laughs) lots of money. And because that's the way, that's the place that a lot of compulsive gamblers find themselves is. Right. You try and dig yourself out of a hole that only gets deeper and deeper. You find mm-hmm. yourself in a desperate place. So my father uh, was incarcerated when I was twelve, uh, and my mother uh, at that point, who ha- she had been, uh, she had she had graduated from Skidmore and and held jobs, but then for twelve years w- right. was a homemaker and uh, a mother of four. And then she had to go to work when my father uh, went to prison. So. Uh, is she works in education, but she is not a teacher. Education, not education theory. I forget what they call it. When basically her job for many years was to show up at your school, uh, evaluate that you're doing the right thing, uh, and shut you down if you're not. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And kind of like social work, but <laughs> yeah, I mm. mean, it definitely uh, worked for the county of Albany uh, for yeah. many years before going into private sector, but. Uh, it's uh, she worked in early intervention for many years, actually prior to that, which is like somebody calls up and says, hey, I don't know what to do. My child is three and not talking. Oh, OK. And sure. I don't know how this works. Right. You know, um, like, where do I start? Where do, do I, I start? Think I'm a specialist? And, and, and uh-huh. then someone like my mother shows up and takes a look at your child and says, OK, well, here's what 
here's what the county and the state can do for you. Yeah. Um, let's try to get your, you know, your child's not hitting the benchmarks of development, development that they're supposed to. So let's, let's try to figure this out. Uh, and that's a, it's actually quite a rough job because you're, you're talking about, I mean, you uh, see a lot of shit. Right? You see a Every lot day. of yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. a lot of shit, a lot of parents that are at the end of the rope, a lot of parents that, uh, um, you know, in Albany, it was a lot of, uh, uh, I want to say Farsi speaking, uh, uh, immigrants that, you know, like imagine being from someplace else, mm-hmm. kind of not knowing what services you're new here. You don't know what services are provided, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, like, let's say you came from Afghanistan and, and you, you, uh, you understand that you're paying taxes, so you're entitled to services, but what i wouldn't know what services you know what i mean like (laughs) so like you know particularly if your english is not great Uh so uh it's it's a lot of people that are doing the best for their families but uh, i mean there's just a level of like intensity and probably like a like i need help i need it now and i'm trying to communicate it as best as i can but i'm obviously like desperate and feeling fucking wrecked about this i also think that there's uh so so self-defense has a record in us that we've never recorded because I feel like I would be doing a disservice to a record label by putting it out. There's certain records that really? I really, th- yeah. I'm so intrigued by, by that. Like it, the, the, the point where you decide that that's a, that's just a thing. bad just bet. The, it's just, just a bad bet. Uh-huh. You know? But like the, I don't know, I guess the way that you talk about self-defense sometimes it's, uh, you like to joke about how much money you've cost so many oh, people. So many people. But, but, the, but there's one record like, okay, so, um, I talk often about that uh, last Touche Mori record. Do you, are you familiar with it? Yeah. yeah. So stage four, uh, it's about a desperately upsetting topic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the loss of somebody's mother is uh, about as upsetting as thing gets, things get. And that's that band's best record from a musical perspective. Look, I'm sure people have emotional ties to earlier material, blah, 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 blah. But like, speaking as a musician, that's that band at their peak. And, mm-hmm. and, and but... I think it suffered from the subject matter, which don't get me wrong. Uh, the band and Jeremy as, as a singer, as, as the lyricist was absolutely correct to follow that path because that's what you're supposed to be. That's what we're doing music for. Right. Right. But, but it, it can hurt you because people that's too heavy. Most people don't want to fuck with that. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a thing that I think people might want to fuck with less is disability. And, uh, I've disability is a is a topic that is uh, evergreen in my life uh-huh. uh, because my sister has a number of disabilities and my career quote unquote uh, I never wanted it to be a career but for 10 years I worked in human services uh, yeah. people lower functioning autistics uh, uh, people with uh, uh, severe mental retardation uh, mm-hmm. just uh you know, in New York state now you can only, you can only get the money to do like a quote unquote group home. I think that's four people or less. But at the time when I was working in that job, it, you could still have eight people and some houses were grandfathered in at 12 and sure. whatever. So, uh, so I've spent so much time in my life with people with disabilities, uh, of, of a developmental delay variety. And, uh, it is a topic that I don't think anybody sings about. And I think there's a good reason for that because 
the way that we talk about disabled people is in this aspirational way or this total disregard. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? right. And there's mm -hmm. none of the, um, I can't sing from the perspective of a disabled person. Yeah. But I can sing from the perspective of a family member who, you know, my, my parents uh, obviously loved the shit out of my sister, but there is this thing that I have been trying to express and I just, in addition to it just being a bad, I can't, I can't just blame the fact that I don't want to bankrupt labels. It's also the fact mm -hmm. that I don't, that I don't have the lyric, I don't have the words yet. Every parent worries about their child, what, what'll happen to their child after they're dead. Yeah. But if you have a child that's disabled, that worry is profound mm -hmm. and there's no hope of it abating. Absolutely. Right. It's not like they're going to wake up one day right. and, and have function. Right. Mm -hmm. So you go to your grave knowing that your child is, is not self-reliant. Yeah. A and that is a, uh, a very heavy. Dude, you're, you're knocking me over like already. Just like <laughs> well, um, for me, it's like a thing that I don't think is discussed in a real way because I would never tell somebody if you choose to have a child that's a that's a choice I have no say in that uh, but in the same way that I think people tend to see war or car accidents as all or nothing uh -huh. uh, uh, endeavors meaning you can send an 18 year old to war because an 18 year old does not understand that this it's not a binary between life and a valiant death uh -huh. it is a spectrum that includes you having your your uh genitals destroyed by a landmine you yeah. know what i mean right. and if you showed an 18 year old hey it's not you dying on barbed wire on a, a during a charge in world war one yeah it's it, it, you coming home without a leg and yes. and dealing with getting uh va it's you coming uh -huh. home to your partner uh i think divorce rates among uh uh new paraplegics is something like 99 you know wow. what i mean it's absurd uh -huh. yeah. i i only know this from attending a hockey game with a, a recent paraplegic and uh he uh was explaining to me what they they sit down and talk to you. They're like, yeah. look, your, your wife's going to leave you. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and they don't mince words, you know? Uh -huh. But that's, that's shit that people don't think about. And in the same way, I think that people don't think about children or, or infants or childbirth in, in the same way. They, they, I think they, they see the biggest concern being losing a child. And I suppose that's true, right? Uh -huh. like that's obviously the worst case scenario. But there's these other scenarios that you can't um, anticipate and are life-changing so a friend of mine is one of the last i don't want to say last people he's one in the western world his is the last generation to have spina bifida right spina bifida is a thing that we've largely largely conquered con uh -huh. right but it's not completely eradicated and there's still obviously people with that type of uh, developmental uh, deformity I, I forget what the actual phrase is but right. the uh, it's under control enough uh -huh. that there's no scientific resources put towards quote unquote curing it because it's already cured enough. You understand? Sure. So, so like it's just not a growth business. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like it, we, we've got like, you know, 99.99, yeah. like what are, why are we going right. to put money into getting that point right. zero one? Yeah. So, so, so my friend 
does these, he's been living with this, uh, he's never felt his legs. Uh, mm -hmm. he does walk, but, uh, it, to, I mean, obviously he could never explain it fully, but it's almost, his sensation is almost a floating, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because his legs move, but he's never felt them. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that friend goes to, uh, I don't know if I want to call them spina bifida conferences, whatever the hell kind of conference you might have sort of, for, yeah, for people yeah, that are group. suffering uh -huh. that kind of spinal difficulty. And, you know, he has these kind of like stepdads come up to him, like nearly in tears, you know, saying like, because my friend's successful and, and he presents well and, and, and whatever. And, and, you know, it's a lot of, <laughs> there's a stereotype. There's a, he, there's a guy that he runs into and it's somebody yeah. who got together with their partner, their mm -hmm. wife, and their the wife's child from previous marriage right. has a disability. And now this guy is is like, how do I relate? What right. do I what can I, I do? How do I take care? Precisely. Like, uh -huh. I, I'm I'm the father figure. Yeah. And I'm in this, but holy God. And and when they see him successful makes good money has uh -huh. has a f uh, travels has a full life yeah they practically start crying you know because to them that's like you know i was con like my daughter is you know uh, they have the they have the road yeah. mapped out already it's it's going to be it's going to be suffering yeah, it's, exactly. this person isn't going to be able to like live a life exactly oh my god you're uh-huh right but that's the thing right, right. is is I don't even. There's very heavy. <laughs> there's very heavy topic to. There's a very heavy topic of. You can make. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, at some point, maybe it's there. I mean, you've uh, you've kind of you've uh, ditched all limitations on what a what a band can be and what a band can sing about. I think if anybody's going to make the record that the disability um, record that you, that you just spent <laughs> ten minutes talking about, it's you. Well, the, the okay. So, let me. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put sure. my foot down here. Please, <laughs> I want to make sure we talk about things. Although I, I loved it. Um, but <laughs> what's, uh, what's your relationship like then with with your dad at this point? You have, uh, you know, you talked about him in songs. You talk about him a little bit on on Axe to Grind. Yeah. He's so he's he, currently incarcerated. He's currently incarcerated. So this is my father's second stretch. Might be his third. Actually, I don't know what happened before I was born. But he. Uh, this is his second stretch. Um, he was uh, out of prison and also uh, whatever the gambling equivalent of sober is, you know, for, sure. for a decade. Uh, and then got into financial trouble again. Mm -hmm. uh, and this time he wasn't gambling, He but he did what a compulsive gambler does, which is when you are in financial trouble, you, you gamble to get your way out. Yeah. Uh, so then got in trouble again and is currently i think his sentence is eight years i oh, think okay. um but he's served i want to say three yeah uh and no it's got to be four damn time marches on i don't know but anyway he uh he is uh currently incarcerated he's a 76 year old man so my oh. my hope uh, you know, diabetic. Uh, my hope is mm. that, uh, you know, at the risk of, that's another album, but, uh, it's too dark for me to even sing about is, uh, yeah. the only thing that's important to him and therefore the only thing that's important to me is, uh, that he doesn't die in a cage. You know what I mean? Right. So like, just, uh, let's let this old fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. 
at this point, I'm just going to be honest. I don't make any excuses for my dad. It's, you know, he's a fucking criminal. Yeah. Uh, done some foul shit. But I'm going to say that if you fall for his bullshit now, you 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 had it coming. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like like you you had it coming. Uh huh. Um, so and I mean, yeah, you're you're really just like look looking at it plainly. It's just like he's just old. He's, he's just old, old. He, and he's you know, he's but it's in poor health. Here's and, the deal, though. Uh huh. I am uh, in the same way. That I don't make any excuses for him. I'm also very I'm I'm sympathetic to people who have been wronged. Mm-hmm. So I can look at my father and say, look, this old fuck's a danger to no one. Let's let's just be real. You know yeah. what I mean? However. If he def- if he defrauded me of a uh, hundred thousand dollars and my kid couldn't get a leukemia fucking uh, uh, treatment because of it, yeah, I'd want him to rot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I hope I wouldn't, but I understand where somebody you, would. Yeah, you know what for I mean? sure. So uh, I have a uh, I don't think unique. I think actually uh, pretty common, but it's not a perspective that I hear very much, particularly in music. Uh, perspective on legal system, kind of the role of, I don't know, like, like it's interesting. Um, so if we're talking about like, let's say, let's say broadly that I've been a, a, a member of uh, punk music uh-huh, <laughs> you know, right. for, for 20 years or whatever the hell it's been. Uh-huh. Um, when, when were you getting into it? When you, when I was in high school. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, just through like the scene or the uh, where you just kind of I just met two kids at school uh-huh. uh, and uh, they were my friends and they turned me on to some local stuff and, mm-hmm. and uh, it was off to the races because I, I really enjoyed music but I had no prior to that like my folks aren't musical and I, and, uh, I had no I got everything I got from uh, 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 the library uh, if I'd walk to the Bethlehem Public Library and whatever had a cool cover you, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I always say, that's why I'm a Rush fan. I, I like sure. Rush. Rush had the coolest album covers, you know. Uh huh. Um, and I would just try everything, and it, well, anything that looked, looked cool. You, you know, what you, I mean? you yeah. like that guy a lot, yeah, right? I yeah, I do. I love Elvis Costello. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was, uh, and then when hardcore music entered my life, uh, that was very exciting. It was something that you could go see. Uh-huh. Uh You know. You could see it once a week if you wanted to. It wasn't yeah, like Elvis sure. Costello where you were lucky to see it once a year. Is yeah. it, you know. So, uh, but let's say that I've been a, a, me- a member, quote unquote, of, uh-huh. of that for a long time. Obviously, people come from all sorts of different backgrounds and have an interest in punk or hardcore music. But I don't hear very many people that I think talk plainly about, or at, le- at least in lyrics, um, talk plainly about uh, whatever word we want to use, the justice system. It, 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 it's uh, we're good at anthems, you know. What I mean, we're we're, right. we're, we're good at uh, uh, fuck cops. Uh, we're not good at talking about it like adults. Um, which I mean, look, let's that makes sense, That's right? For kids, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. That just makes sense. Like, uh-huh. it, it's uh, if I ever sound like I'm like. If I'm the guy that's like, well, why isn't punk music ad- addressing this uh, <laughs> this adult issue? That's me being stupid, clearly, because like, uh, uh-huh. you know, first, <laughs> firstly, there's conventions of of every genre. Every genre has its conventions, yeah. And, and then also, yeah, if it's a youth culture, you know, what I mean, uh, then certainly uh, the idea is that you give them something that they can latch on to and be like, hey, you're right. Like, right, fuck the police. Right, let me, let me find out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new, the nuance comes later. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, or, or, or the examination, or the, or the, uh, uh-huh. um, you know, whatever, whatever path that takes you, whether that's direct action or you, you maybe become involved in, 
you know, you're one of those, like, let's take it apart from the inside sort of guys or whatever the fuck it is. It's, uh, uh, yes, it's a starting point for sure. Uh, and, and when I sound foolish is I'm a guy that still really likes hardcore music and like that might be a developmental issue on my part. You know what I mean? Like it's Uh possible that I have some arrested development that needs to be addressed, but, uh, the, uh, as a guy that still enjoys the music so much, uh, I do experience a lot of frustration, uh, that it doesn't, and there's not a, uh, uh, the spectrum of what it discusses is not broad enough for me. Sure. And, uh, but that's again, that's me being foolish. That's me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. like it's like me being like when you uh, sit when you sit and look at it and be like, oh, maybe I can change that. And it's like, no, that's a, that's not going to happen. I mean, you can. You just nobody cares. Right. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you can. Too. Like, uh-huh. like, like I think uh, uh, the last tribe called Quest record was them like talking about fatherhood or, and stuff. And, right. and, and yeah. it's just you know, like to, to be totally frank. I like that record right. a lot. And I hope you're not. Uh-huh. No, to be frank. That is so fucking fulfilling to somebody that's been following that act for many, many years, right? right? Mm-hmm. However, you couldn't get a 22-year-old to listen to that if you had a gun pressed to the side of their head. You yeah, know what I mean? For They'd sure. They'd say, pull the trigger. I don't uh-huh. want to listen to this old man shit. Yeah. And then he's singing about fucking his 401k and you know, putting getting his kids' braces on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, who the hell? But if you've been following that act for a long time and you, and uh, and you subscribe to the idea that you know, like it's a romantic notion, but that an artist only sings one song his whole life. It's it's like, yo, this is this is where we're at in the song. Well, you yeah. have to kind of think about this a lot too, because you've been doing a thing that's uh, been going on for so long, and yep. you are talking about yourself in self defense songs, especially over the last few years. Yep. I think in very plain ways. Mm-hmm. Do you think? In I think that that's kind of something that marks the project is the type of thought that you put into like the band and how the band has continued to carry from start to finish. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think about it a lot. <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I think about it a lot because, uh, so was it, was it your, was it your first, was end of year, like the first band that you were, I was in, I was in a, like a moshi band in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, and then our, our drummer got arrested. Uh, <laughs> but we got some recurring themes. Yeah. There. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, but, uh, but then, uh, but yeah, end of the year was my first quote unquote real band. Yeah. Uh, uh, no disrespect to my high school act, uh-huh. <laughs> but, 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 uh, my first real act. And, uh, uh, I would, I would say, and this is maybe a, a biased perspective, obviously, but I would say it became serious when it became self-defense, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I would say you, you pointed out that when Bob found you and you put out sincerely on revelation 2006, like right after that, you got three splits in 2007, three splits in 2008. You know why that is, though? Why is that? Uh, so when we got kicked off of Rev, uh-huh. I didn't tell Was him. it just because Sincerely didn't do well enough? Yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. Really? Yeah. That uh, seems like very quick and... Well, I mean, yes and no. You uh-huh. know, like, uh, yes, to me, I, you know, I was, at the time, obviously, I was disappointed, but, but the, uh, I don't, uh, if I have any worthwhile quality, it's that I am, uh, not smart enough to uh, perseverate on um, I don't feel aggrieved for very long <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean because I'm, I'm trying to move I'm trying to keep things moving yeah. so w- when uh, instead of being sour about the, the rev thing not working I just didn't tell anybody that we were 
off the label. And I immediately reached out to smaller labels and Uh said, Hey, that that thing that you offered or, you know, Hey, are you interested or whatever? And all those labels thought that they were catching a break because they were getting a rev band Uh that, that, you know, to do some, some small thing like, Hey, do I need to talk to rev? No, don't worry about it. Um, and you're, you're your father's son. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I honestly, Uh I don't, I'm not with the, um, like these bands that sort of, uh, they hit a wall of some type and then they don't get excited to find a way around the wall. I think I'm missing the point of being in a, in a a group project. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the, like, do I find it annoying as as a guy that's been in a band for a long time, when some stupid penny ante, penny ante bullshit comes up and I got to circumvent it and work around or whatever, yes, I find it annoying. But is it fulfilling to hit a roadblock and not lose a step? Yeah, it's fulfilling. You know, what I mean, problem solving is like part of what we do here. You know, like right. that's that applies to both the actual craft of music, right? Like I, I have a very limited, very limited fucking musical palette. So, so uh, as a person with low ability, my whole career is problem solving. You know, like how, how do I make a song interesting when I don't have very much ability? You know, mm-hmm. same thing with some of these. You know, and I do it now in comic books too. It's it, it's. Uh, I mean, comics, I just pulled the same scam the the other day, right. which was I had a series that was everybody agreed was good. Didn't sell that great. I just kept it moving and didn't mention that it didn't sell that great. I just, you know, when I send people things, I send them the, you know, that the the, the GLAAD awards mentioned it. You know what I mean? I, right, I, I, I don't, sure. I, uh-huh. I don't. So here's a, here's the thing that you, that I feel like, um, I feel like you get being the son of a criminal. Uh, it's not your job to prosecute yourself. It's not, it's some, someone else literally gets paid. Right. Like for example, I'm going to tangent out for a second. Oh, for a second. <laughs> when people get mad, <laughs> when people get mad at, uh, let's say this doesn't happen very often anymore, but it was a hot topic of conversation for a number of years. Sports star, obviously on steroids, obviously. Right. Uh, did their best work when they were on steroids. Uh huh. People say things like, it would just be okay if he admitted it. Why doesn't he admit it? Why doesn't he admit it? You know what I mean? Roger Clemens. Why doesn't he admit it? I can answer that. Because he doesn't have to. It's if not his job. It. Right. Yeah. So it's not his job to incriminate himself. Uh-huh. This is the thing that like that fake righteous people latch on to all day. Sure. Which is the sanctimonious thing. Oh, if I was in his position, I would do this. Uh-huh. And I assure you, this is the this is the core of my artistic being right now because this is what 90% uh-huh. of my material is about in the year 2018. <laughs> I put out two records and, it, and they definitely both address this. You wouldn't. Yeah. You'd do nothing different. The only thing, be- the only difference between you and Roger Clemens is that you'd fold under pressure and he didn't. You know what I mean? That's the only difference. And I... I mean, to an extent, that's how he got there right? exactly right uh-huh. i mean delusion narcissism self-aggrandment aggrandizing it, it, it's a that's a sick person look i i should i'm with you there it's sick famous person. people are sick oh yeah. uh, look i i've uh my old job I, I worked in los angeles for a number of years and uh also in new york among uh, with working for famous people and i can assure you that anybody who has more than a moderate amount of success in this life is 
not strictly speaking well. Right. <laughs> well, know? I mean, I feel like you're pushing any sort of like artistic uh, thing. You're trying to get people to pay attention to mm-hmm. you. You have to. I've had a really hard time doing this in a way that's just like listen to it. It's fucking hard. Yeah. And if you're going to do it to an extent that you get further and further down the line, that means you are talking about yourself and telling people to pay attention to you to such it, an extent. It requires a, a level of, uh, a, a lack of self-awareness. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, my, so one of my most, I have a very close friend who's very, very, very successful. And the way that he got there was when he was starting out, nobody would pay him any mind. Uh, didn't take him seriously. He'd call them every day. And when they'd say, hey, I talked to you yesterday and I told you no. He'd say, that's true, but I was wondering if we couldn't discuss it in greater detail. And they'd be like, no, I'm sorry. We, the answer's still no. Yeah. He'd call back the next day. Hey, I was wondering if you thought about that thing we Man, talked I about. Man, I take a no for an answer and I'm, 100%, I'm just like, 100%. 100%. Really though? Because you One, you have pushed I just the go, end of a year in self-defense. To, I just go to the next person. Uh-huh. I, I do not do the hard sell let me lean on you it's it's a no from you okay uh-huh. the next guy might say yes yeah you, you know what i mean th- th- that's it uh so is the end of a year was end of a year kind of a loose lineup like from the onset no end of a mm-hmm. year that's why i say self-defense family probably the change so for listeners that don't know shit about this end of a year uh was very traditional band five five dudes right mm-hmm. practiced all the time uh we lost band members and uh, lost two band members in dramatic fashion. You know, like somebody was dealing with a mental health thing and it, and it really pushed the other member into a weird space. And uh-huh. it, it was, uh, you know, it was taxing time. And, and uh, at, so there was this pivot point where the only real members were Andrew, a uh, guitarist, uh, and myself. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm sure I've told the story a million times, but it, it's uh, a, a nice story to me, which is uh, I called Andrew from uh, the parking lot of the Cobalt Cafe uh, in in uh, uh, whatever Los Angeles suburb that is, right? And uh, after a terrible show that could have been fun, it was uh, Nails played it, uh, and it was uh, uh, also uh, The Sheds, uh, uh-huh. and it, was just, it just could have been a lot of fun. But one of our members was really... I think he's discussed it publicly, so it's not. I don't think I'm putting anybody out there. Um, he was uh, an undiagnosed uh, bipolar, mm-hmm. right? And if you've gone your whole life not knowing that, and everything comes to a head when you are relied upon, people need you to be in a place doing a thing. Table's a little hot. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a place doing a thing every night, right? You, yeah. you've, you, no matter what else is going on, you, I'm just asking for 38 minutes of your time, uh-huh. you know, and for a lot of people in, in all sorts of, uh, mental health situations that can be a lot of pressure, right? Like, so think about, think about this for a second. I find nothing about being in a band all that stressful, not a thing, but that's my disposition. There's other people that if you tell them, can I stop you? Right? Sir, sure. Have you always been like this? Uh, how's that? Like not like, stressed? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. The only thing that makes and me and I guess sh- just like the uh, the you move on, you do you. Oh uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, uh, I spent so this a year and a half ago. I spent the only time I've ever spent in my life being bitter. You know what I mean? I, I being really like 
Like there's a line in the new drug church record of just about melting into your couch because you're so hot. You know what I mean? Just angry. Yeah. You know? I and, mean, having uh, considered punk music, it's just like <laughs> I'm staying in for the 19th night in a row. Yeah. And, well, that's because those records were written during a time that I was, I was bitter, you know, and uh, that's the first time. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that those records resonated with people because it could be a highly alienating, <laughs> alienating experience. But uh, that was the first time that I uh, have felt uh, wronged or grieved or, or or angry at the world in the in a very specific way, and uh, but. You know, and I was desperately waiting to get out of this feeling that I don't care for at all. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. hate a very large topic that we don't have to get too deep into today is, uh, you know how, like, I don't know what your exposure is to sort of, like, conservative radio or conservative, like. I grew up on Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a narrative there among those guys that. uh that liberals quote unquote and now i think we just use the left as the catch-all yeah. uh have a victimhood narrative right uh-huh. and everybody wants to be a victim and blah blah blah, blah. Uh, i think that that's 100 percent true but but really not self-aware because the same applies to the same applies to conservatives uh-huh. same applies, right. or if we want to use the word right yeah you know everybody's got this aggrieved victimhood thing going on right and look yeah i mean because it's it's like uh it's a tough time to be a, a white guy well you know? uh-huh. we'll get into that in a second right. but, but, but but let's not get into it too hard for, but. yeah but for your listeners that like that maybe want to take me in the in the worst possible spirit let me just stop them at the door uh there's people who are fucking victims uh-huh. <laughs> you know i mean there's, yeah, pe- there's yeah, people yeah, who yeah. are there's people who are uh, systemically marginalized. There's people who are specifically, and in, in terms of action, uh, uh, wounded and and traumatized and marginalized. And it, it, these are real things. I'm talking uh, in a very in a much broader uh, way. I'm talking about in the way that, like, look. For I, me, let me. Is it? It's bitterness. Being yeah, at home, right. being bitter. Yeah. is feeling like you're a victim. Of Feel, for for anything, me, right? for me, that's. That's the type. So when I'm talking about victimhood, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the native people of America who, you know, like we're talking about how many centuries of, of being purposefully marginalized. I'm not talking about like actual grievances. I'm talking about uh, people like me who are just passed over for something that they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That just don't have yeah. access to a thing that's important. Right. That's that's a that's a type of worthless victimhood that I have no interest in but found myself stuck in you know and david uh foster wallace called it a uh zero calorie thinking 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. and and uh that is uh you know to perseverate for me uh to have all my thoughts go back to a certain type of negativity or bitterness or whatever the hell you want to call it is it was tough, uh, and I don't want to sound like a victim here, but like, but I, I'm increasingly getting why uh, dudes of a certain age are all gravitating towards Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I get it on this one level. I get it that like, it adds an additional layer of control to to your existence. Yeah, it it adds a uh, a okay. So I got into running last year. Okay, it was amazing. You know, it was just like run 
two days off, but those two days, I'm like, can't wait for that run because I'm going to run another you quarter mile. You are more agency over your physical person. Yeah. And, and, and I like that space. Right. You know, nothing else happens. So That's a good point. So, uh, okay, actually, let me bring this back to an interesting topic, or an interesting conversation I had. I was talking to a, uh, a, a strong guy, strong man. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, he spent the night... Uh, at my place uh, with his band and he's exercising and I said don't you just want to relax you know what I mean like like, like uh, you know you just dro- you just drove t- he said look I just weighed myself I'm under 200 pounds and I'm panicking and I said what do you you gotta you gotta wait or you, you know are you trying to make weight for wrestling or something right. and, he, and he, his point was that when he drops under 200 pounds he feels like a target and he feels like a victim right and that's that's in part because of his background and, and where he's from. And, and uh, I don't, I've been in the same small body for my entire life. So yeah, I, I can't, up? I can't, uh-huh. re- yeah, yeah, you can relate, but uh-huh. I, but I can't relate to needing to be over 200 pounds to feel right. that sort of control. But I do fully get it in other aspects of my life. Uh, and to spend nearly like full on a year sort of in this headspace of feeling like a victim of circumstance, and this is lo- this is a lot of professional stuff. This is a lot of you know, feeling like a victim of uh, you know just thoughtlessness, uh, it's, it's sort of other people's negligence, not understanding that your life, my, meaning mine, my life is uh, obviously incredibly important to me, and I want you to understand how important it is, uh-huh. and you don't seem to be doing that, and it makes me want to kill you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so like, uh-huh. uh, that's the artistic side of you that's the like my voice i mean that might the be way the, i'm presenting it is important see i mean we could look at it through another lens my father's a diagnosed malignant narcissist it's possible that i t- carry some of that around you know what i mean I'd, i mean you, you make art you kind of have right. to to a certain extent yeah and you've i'm if you've seen me on stage you've seen that i have like a i have like a distrust and dislike for um demure uh, uh, stage presences. Yeah. I, I, I really, I don't trust, like, I know that there's going to be plenty of people that hear this that are just in, that they don't like this vibe, right? Uh, but I am sus- I'll, t- I'll tell them beforehand. <laughs> I'm suspicious. I'm telling you, Patrick's a good guy. I'm suspicious of, uh-huh. of somebody that that does art that presents in a, in a non-confident way. I'm suspicious of that person. I, I, I tend to, having done this for a number of years, having played with thousands of bands, I tend to see it as a hustle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, right. don't, I don't see it as a, as a genuine reflection of who you are because who you are is willing to get on a stage and potentially embarrass yourself. You know what I mean? Like is, is to be mocked by however many people in this room. And so for you to come up and then put on this sort of demure uh, deferential sort of thing feels like play acting of this type that I just don't appreciate or like, you know? So, uh, you know, and there are, I mean, in fairness, there are people obviously who, who are only confident when they're doing the exact thing that they're good at. And when everything they, outside everything, of it, yes. is just so like, even the conversation, even if you're right. talking into a microphone between songs, there's somebody who just killed it, killed it, performed their heart out and can't, can't do those two minutes while somebody tunes, you know what I mean? Can't do it. They, they freeze. Yeah. Uh, that person exists, but for the most part, I, I, uh, I'm just suspicious. Is it, 
do you think that comes from doing it for as long as you have? And, part, yeah. And maybe seeing somebody come up because to me the uh the like don't care is kind of back in vogue again as like grunge has kind of become back in vogue again you know uh indie rock in the 90s is back in vogue again you can't look like you care oh no i'm uh, yes okay so i think we're talking about two slightly different things but certainly uh what you're saying is true um being earnest is is always out with the pitchfork crowd you know what i mean like 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 being earnest is the champion crime like that's that's capital offense uh, those people, and I don't mean pitchfork the the website. I mean it, it, at all. You know, what I mean right. so, so, sort the of general. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so, sort of. Uh, those people don't have a particularly strong relationship with music, and if somebody is coming on too strong, that they care about music, it's a little off putting. You know, what I mean, it's it, it's alienating. So, uh, and I've gone on record that I find. You know, in 2018, I'm a grown man. I've seen a trillion bands. Earnestness, like pure earnestness, not seriousness, not regard for your craft, not uh, not, not a, a love for the thing that you're saying, but earnestness, which is this kind of other thing that we see manifested in, in, in uh, you know, if we're going to speak broadly, we, we can say um, kind of like beard acts. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Like, like uh-huh. Uh, uh, the what we were talking about yeah. in the kitchen. Yes, exactly. My, like my job sucks. My girlfriend's mad at me, but yeah. I'm having beers tonight with right. my buds. Hard, it's gonna be okay. Hard on your sleeve and not uh-huh. a thought in your head. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like the, uh-huh. it, it's a uh, that sort of stuff. I, like, look, I get why I get why somebody would recoil from it because it's a. Uh, you know, I mean, that's look. Full disclosure: That's how I am with so much of the uh, basement stuff right now. Like the the like basement scene at this moment is obsessed with kind of like this aspirational, um, you know, best qualities of uh, like the world is wrong, but everybody in this room is, is doing their best and that's all that matters. And, and, right. and like, mm-hmm. I personally have, it's like a for effort. And, yeah. Well, I think another aspect that you see in this too, you're, you're taking me with you and I can't help it, but, um, you know, you see a lot of the things that are written about uh, the music that's popular right mm-hmm. now, and what they talk about is the, uh, you know, the emotional weight of the lyrics and like what this song does for you. And it's like, if if that's there, let me find it. Yeah. Tell me about the music as it exists, because if that's what we have to, you well, know, if I, that's what we have to do, that's a that's kind of bullshit. Music press is. Uh in a bad situation. I, I have a, I have a, I like what y'all do. Cause you, you've said this before and it's something that I've, I think I've actually quoted on here. The fact that the way we take things uh, in written form right now, and we're able to react to it as quickly as we do having something where it's just like, you got to listen to somebody give their criticism spoken. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, getting into ax to grind it's been it's been nice. I told Bob this that it was nice to kind of get a resurgence into caring about hardcore again, and it's just because there's a dialogue that yeah. it's it's just lacking in certain points. And I think that it's interesting because you know everybody's trying to make they're at least trying to break even right mm-hmm. now touring. Yeah, and it's like we all want 
like rock music to be okay at least so i feel like we're rooting for things in a way that's like we just want somebody to be able to tour and like not be broke well i think at this moment more than most we are okay with people not being broke at least we don't have to fight that battle where people are telling us that we have to be broke to be a valid uh, emotional experience for them that's that's an upgrade you know because that used to be the narrative for years was that, right. if, that if you quote unquote cared about money meaning you didn't want to starve to death or live in your mother's garage that there was something wrong with you so I'm glad we're out of that those woods right that's great but the flip side is that we're uh, uh, you know we're, we're now in the space where guitar music is pretty far gone to young people you know it, it's just not relevant quote unquote you know uh, and I think that we have to be fair if you're 17 to 25 relevant is an important word to you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean like there's always going to be the kid that is researching uh, you know uh, bad company uh, you know what I mean but, but that's a rarity the average person wants to engage with my girlfriend doesn't have any interest in blockbuster movies she doesn't give a shit about them we go to see them because she hates to be fully outside of a cultural conversation Mm -hmm. so yo that's it's not until uh, you, you know who will killingsworth is I know that name. You yeah. do. You he do. Know made, that. He he records. He does. Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, Ampere and before that, uh, right. uh, uh-huh. Orchid. But in addition to those bands that you know, people can have their opinions on. He he's a very fine engineer uh, in Western Massachusetts. Now, uh, he's the only person that I know that is completely content being outside of the cultural conversation. You could talk to him about anything that's made the radio in the last seven years and he would have not a clue what you're talking about. You know what right. I mean? He'd find it interesting. He'd say, uh-huh. tell me more. Yeah. But he, he, he couldn't tell you about it. But you know? there's no, today there's no even good Charlotte. There's no like, Oh, no, like guitar no thing pop, that goes yeah. across. Uh-huh. Yeah, so sure. we can at least like look at that and be like, this is the, this is the thing that we can relate to in the current climate, you know, not, and it's not like legacy acts. Well, I'm going to beat a drum that, uh, it's come up. So this, it's interesting that this, everybody seems to be aware of this because this is a question I'm being asked pretty often in, in this, uh, uh, drug church sort of promo cycle is, is, uh, you know, what the hell's up with guitar music? And, Uh And, uh, the thing that I, the thing that I keep saying is everybody went to rap for a reason. You know what I mean? Kids go to rap for, and I think the argument at first was it's a thing that, you know, in an increasingly, in an increasingly, increasingly, uh, you're, you're taking care of her. I'm, I'm Uh a pug man for people, for people at home that can't see what we're doing. I, I, there's a pug that's cleaning its uh, 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 paws. Chloe's a compulsive liquor. Yes. But I, I have a compulsion where you know how pugs have that fold uh, right above their nose? Uh-huh. Uh, it smells a lot like uh, gauged ears to me. Uh-huh. And that's a that's a smell that many people find disgusting, but I yeah. really secretly like. <laughs> so so you can just find me with my finger in a in a yeah. pug's nose for Perfect. And then just uh, smell it. So yeah, what's like where look, what's guitar, going on with guitar music is cashed because young at first the argument was in an increasingly antisocial or asocial environment where uh, people are spending all their time indoors and online. Uh, rap makes sense because you can do it on your laptop. 
mm-hmm. right? You don't need a band. There's nothing social about it, et cetera. However, that doesn't really stand because while you can do it on a laptop, the as- there's an incredibly social aspect to like sort of what we will broadly call SoundCloud rap, right? Uh-huh. And that's those kids constantly pushing each other and pumping each other up and, and acting like in the proper sense of community, right? So I don't buy that it's about an asocial. I think that rap also, before you go, yep. I think rap also has never had to like break free from the idea that everybody who's doing it wants to be bigger than everybody else. And punk has yeah, always been that. like yes. detoured yes. from that. Uh, for sure. Uh, I think that there are there, there's no guilt trip. Yeah. And I think young people and, you know, look, I'm rapidly aging. I'm rapidly hurtling towards middle age. So so people at home, if you're young and I'm wrong, just, you know, leave leave a mean comment. So here's the deal. On something self-defense related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. But yeah, give this give this a five-star review, but, uh-huh. but, but you can send me the, the malice. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal. Rap is not obsessed with a type of um, professionalism that guitar music sadly attempts. So uh, here, here's the example that I use. And it, it's an unfortunate example because it's, it sounds dark, right? Uh, when a guitar act has done something improper, let's say that could be anything from like there's a serious allegation to they said something dumb on stage. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. A- whatever the spectrum is, they issue a statement. Yeah. Right? Whereas a rapper gets on Instagram and starts talking directly to their fans and does their Insta story, does their Insta live where they are telling either their side or they're apologizing, but they are addressing it like a human being. They're addressing it like somebody that is uh, uh, engaged and engaging. And guitar music is so scared and so it's skittish it's skittish whites that that's what guitar music is it's I, the other night i was talking about it with a room of guitar acts guitar music is white worms yeah. that's that's what it is it's scared people that are they they jump at their own shadow they don't engage with people that are their fans and if they do they do it in this they do it in this way that shifts the balance of power in what i consider a very ugly way well, let's let's go to you. You've been on a side of this. Oh yeah, I'm getting in trouble every day. <laughs> um, you know the the big one is is uh, Germany, and there was actually a, there was so that one stands out to me because it was my first experience with this. But there's been others that I that are in quote unquote scarier, right? Uh huh. So uh, here's. So for people at home that don't know what we're talking about, Germany, uh, I got in trouble many years ago in Germany uh, for, I was I was misquoted, uh, kind of horrendously so, but I, I let it ride because uh, even the misquote to me was not wrong. You know, like it wasn't a wrong thing to say. It just, uh-huh. it just so happened I didn't say it, but it I said something 10 levels below it, but whatever. The, the, the fact is I didn't see any crime in what was actually being attributed to me so i just let it ride but it was basically you know i got no problem with sex workers all if i'm single and i'm in a country that has a sex work framework that i'm comfortable with that i I do not feel like i'm being uh exploitative or yo i'll go see a sex worker tomorrow you know what i mean i don't give a shit yeah and 
you know, at, at that time, uh, as I've said before, it was kind of like sort of the remnants of second wave feminism and, and like a fear of sex work or, or like a, a fundamental misunderstanding or like, so it's like 2008. So the, yeah. the, the way that we kind of look at it, even in like the, the progressive sense mm-hmm. sense is that, uh, sex worker, sex work involves, uh, two parties, a sex slave and a sexist. Yeah. Right. Well, th- th- that's the, uh, so that narrative which again is very second wave, right? Like, right. and for I pe- mean, you look at it now, and it's like clearly we, that's that's not what the, any like right. progressive liberal is saying. The, the intersection, very, the intersectional uh, view now is that uh, the relationship between uh, John or client and and provider is. Uh, it should exist outside most. I should say most. Obviously, there's a plurality of thought on this, but should exist outside of the truly exploitive fr- framework, which is uh, kind of um, uh, the legal system, right? Like, right. so, so uh-huh. and then the, you know, there's large arguments. My girlfriend's an advocate on the subject, so like, you know, we can interview her. But like, but there's there's various arguments. Uh, at the time, nobody was hearing that shit. I was like, come on, man, like, like this is we're being foolish you're advocating for the sex worker but i'm the one that pays this person why are we cutting me out of the thing i'm like so at any rate i got in trouble uh some shows got canceled and this for people at home that like i don't know what your listenership is if it's young if it's old whatever but uh if you are young and you're in the sound of my voice you're gonna find that this is the way of the world that the people that would lecture you or, or uh, try to control you, tell you how to behave. Sometimes they're right, but sometimes they are woefully behind the discourse and uh, really not in any position. Because look, if it's any type of policing, is right. I mean, right suspect. now, right now, policing is hot. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> policing's hot, and I'm forever on the opposite end of that spectrum, where I tell no one how to live, and I expect to be told by no one how to live. Right, uh-huh. so, and I understand that's an extreme. I'm like that fool that thinks everybody should have access to nuclear weapons. I really, I get that I am uh-huh. no, like, like I'm self-aware. I understand that that's an untenable position that's difficult to justify, and it's a, it's an, it's a pure. You it's just a, like you just like being there, I think, is the and you like exploring that space. Well, I, I mean, here's the deal, right? Like, I um, I am able-bodied, and I am not scared of much of anything. So, situations like everybody having nuclear weapons, again, that's an extreme, obviously ridiculous, uh-huh. <laughs> like. It doesn't frighten me in the same way that I can totally understand where it would frighten some, right? Like, so for example, okay, this is another extreme example. When people kind of, um, you know, like thoughtless people, th- thoughtless, thoughtless people that haven't considered a thing, uh, kind of are are usually uh, have some accelerist, uh, accelerantist. Uh, uh, leaning, meaning that when they see a system start to break down, they get excited. For example, when uh, there's many people that were happy Trump won, despite the fact that they hate Trump with it, all the core of their being, because he's gonna he's gonna fuck everything up. And... Because this means that we are spiraling, uh-huh. a- and uh, and nothing can get better until everything is destroyed. Uh, you have to start at zero. This is this is the way that some people think, right? Yeah. And it's and it's typically if we're gonna paint with a broad brush, it's 
typically people like me, you know, like it's people that are uh, like, I don't like manual labor, but I'm happy to work with my back. I'm not scared. I don't have any children. I don't have any uh, major disabilities. I, I am, uh, if, if tomorrow I have to ride, uh, ride the rails, you know what I mean? And uh-huh. pick through garbage. It, it doesn't scare me in the same way that I fully understand it reasonably scares many people. So uh, it's a thoughtless position, this sort of love of acceleration. You know what I mean? It's a thoughtless position, but, but, it, but it, and an ideologically pure one that is obviously doesn't take into account human beings. And, uh-huh. and, right, and, right, right. and uh, so this is where, this is where my relationship with, with disability comes in uh, to a degree is um, I'm not scared of anything, but I need services to continue for my sister. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I, like I'm not uh-huh. like the, literally everything can break down tomorrow and I'm good. You know what I mean? Or good in the respect that like, you know, I can run fast enough, you know right. what I mean? But, uh, this is like who you're my sister, voting for. My who sister, you're like, uh-huh. my sister waited 10 years. There was a freeze in New York state on new homes. Uh, uh-huh. she waited 10 years of trying to get into a new home. Uh, if for any reason that infrastructure falls apart and she's no longer able to live in a home, uh, that, is subsidized and 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 uh safe and can take care of her in in the way that it does and i should be clear my sister goes to work every day uh she has a a more exciting social life than i'll ever have uh Uh, but speaking frankly she couldn't care for her she she couldn't be fully independent right right so i i you know i i don't i don't know where the hell i arrived here i don't know what the hell we're talking about anymore but <laughs> but, well, but the, the the idea that um you know that she needs to be taken care of and there's that's like the human that maybe keeps you from uh seeing things in the completely ideological oh, yes, sense where correct. everything yes. should, everything should fall apart and it's like no it shouldn't because here right. this is this is mine this yeah. is my example so i can't live in a mebix album because uh I think that my sister deserves uh, services. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, 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 like yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not running the wasteland with the humongous because uh-huh. uh, you know, there's people that need help in a way that I currently don't. Let me, and I might someday. Right. You know? let, let me ask you, um, you know, going back to what happened in, in Europe and kind of uh, bringing everything kind of full circle. It's, it comes and, and there's a lot of pushback and, and you push back even harder to just say no like this is this isn't right and so here's what's tough uh um when you're in a band you're speaking for multiple people if you put me against a wall you'll find that i'm a petulant child and i'm always going to push back and i'm always going to i'll bury myself to Uh prove a point uh i'll get beat up I'll uh, have a quote unquote social death, which by the way, if you're a young person, that's your biggest fear in the world, which so many, for so many of you, it is, I assure you, there's no such thing as, as social permadeath, provided you're not a pedophile, you know what I mean? So don't worry in the way that perhaps you worry, like the social media has turned us into like a forever high school where we're always panicked about some sort of social death. Uh, It's not real, but back to the point. Uh, I can't always push back in the way that I want, which is sometimes a heavy fuck you because I speak for multiple people who have various perspectives and relationships. Right. Like there was a person who 
took me in the worst spirit online. Uh, and instead of ignoring them or instead of, uh, and it was comically the worst spirit where it was like, nobody could misinterpret me that bad unless they like woke up that morning and was like, I'm gonna misinterpret a motherfucker as bad as I can. Uh. And when I was, when I was taken in the worst spirit, which look, I, I say a lot of things, you know, and like, particularly I'm on three podcasts now. I talk a lot. And when you talk as much as I do, you're going to say something stupid. So I'm open to the idea that I say something stupid all the time. I really am. So when that happens, uh, you, you know, if you're wrong, you apologize. You say my bad, which is to me the most you're ever going to get out of me. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason that I'm going to be a supplicant, roll around on the ground begging for your forgiveness. It's like, hey, if a sincere my bad is worth 200 insincere, oh, let me cover this up. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you get a sincere my bad out of me, that yo, you won. You, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Congratulations. But uh -huh. somebody took me in the worst possible spirit. And if I was a solo act, my response, you know, I, I didn't take them seriously and I responded sardonically and, and sort of shit on them. And then they tried to make it a campaign against me because that pissed them off. If it was just me, solo act, the Patrick Kinlan review, it would be a heavy fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh -huh. but. I would I, say that y your response, though, does not reflect the uh, what we were talking about, about making statements and things like that. You no, know, you I didn't. You didn't have uh, too much of a problem with at least saying, like, I don't agree with the way this is being perceived. I think that a conversational tone is very important because people then treat you like a human being. Statements do nothing but sound like legalese. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like it just, mm -hmm. and you know, like I have people say unkind things about me often. I have people say things that are like, uh, like on a couple of occasions, very untrue. Like there's this one guy that maintains the weirdest fucking story I ever heard. But when that happens um, and I'm able to talk about a thing, I'm grateful to talk about it. I right. th Here's the deal. I, I, I just think that this sort of, again, going back to the sort of victimhood that I don't appreciate, uh, musicians will tell you, creative people will tell you, I could read 500 positive reviews of myself. I read one negative and I perseverate Absolutely. on the negative. Absolutely. I have crossed that Rubicon and I don't feel that way. The one person saying something negative is of no consequence to me and I don't care. I don't trust the people that are saying the positive thing and I don't care about the people saying the negative thing. Uh -huh. So I, you kind of have to, you have to ditch both sides, right? Yeah. Well that, well that's exactly my position is that like I, I've said since I first started playing music, a compliment from a stranger and an insult from a stranger is still gibberish to me. You know what I mean? It, it's a, a compliment. Why do, so let's look at it in the most terrible way possible. The, mo the worst possible light, right? Uh -huh. Somebody comes up to me and says, uh, Hey, I love what you do. Uh, you, you know, uh, it means a lot to me. I don't know that person. I don't know their interests. I, I, I say, thank you because I mean it. You know what I mean? Thank you. Nice yeah. of you to say, but I don't walk around feeling energized by that even, not be, yeah it's not like oh i made a difference today no it's nothing like that even yeah. even when somebody explicitly says that i have for this reason 
I don't know that person. That person is an absolute, absolute stranger. And I refuse to let strangers impact my mood or have a, a, a impact on my life in the way that I don't desire. So like if somebody comes up to me and says, I love what you do, or somebody says, rotten hell, you piece of shit, it, it's all somebody I don't know. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. I don't know what they do. I don't know their interests. I don't know if, like let's say that the person that loves what I do, his other favorite band is string his two favorite brands are string cheese instrument uh, 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 string, right. like you know or or head pe you know whatever the fuck it is it's something that's that has no taste and is is off-putting to me and so if if that person loves my band that's no compliment to me you know what i mean what if they only know three bands what if they only know three bands it's of no it's no compliment so and likewise somebody that insults me yo Come on, man. I'm 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 uh, I'm not perfect. Right. Never never put out a perfect song. Put out some good ones. Never put out a perfect song. If somebody says, "Hey, I hate what you do," opinions vary. You know what I mean? A lot of and you're allowed to be dumb. This is the United States. You, you, all right, you got no taste. Yeah. Oh, congrats. So when you're, I guess, in the position that you were in. One of the things that I've been thinking about and thinking about talking to you is, um, you know, I've always been so intrigued by Try Me and the sections of Angelique's story. And, you know, was there any of the energy of the position that, you know, you were in uh, uh, on that side of the conversation and the idea of reaching out to Angelique? And because it feels like here's a, here's a story that's not mine, mm-hmm. but my politics are here. So An- Angelique's a fascinating person to me because what I hear in her story is she, she she's a lesbian icon that doesn't know it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she, she basically, she didn't know what lesbianism was like that just wasn't a thing that took place on the side of the mountain that she grew up on. Right. Mm-hmm. She but she was a sexual person uh lean towards women uh but was open you know whatever and uh basically just followed this wild sometimes dangerous path so that she got to be who she wanted to be which she now is you understand now it came with you know as she addressed on uh, on that it was fraught and she's had her struggles you know what i mean she's had her struggles but uh so what i hear in her story I don't necessarily relate to because I've never been a lesbian, but I do really, really, really feel like an intense emotional connection to this person who is flailing in a public sphere, you know, like, cause she was a, she was a quote unquote star. She was a porn star. Right. So like, mm-hmm. so people saw her for many, many years and viewed her exclusively as a product you know what I mean? And entertainer products. Meanwhile, she's this person that is grateful for the attention and the money, but kind of buried under all this other nonsense. And I, I really, really like her, her story because I, I loved her as a kid. I thought she would like, when I was first like looking at pornography as a kid, like, you know, when I say kid, I mean, teenager. Right. Um, like I loved her. I thought she was the most beautiful. And I, uh, I, I imprinted on her. And to me, finding this person that I sexually imprinted on was kind of 
in its own way liberating, like meeting this person and, and seeing that they exist in three dimensions. And it's, you know, she's not like, she's a multifaceted person with a lot of thoughts. It's, she's not just a product, you know what I mean? And that's right. interesting to me. And because increasingly, I, I mean, I talk about this all the time. Like I hate being a product. I hate it. I, well, in, I, in what sense? Like what, how are you, how do you consider yourself a product? So the other day, um, so this drug church tour is going really well, right? Yeah. A lot of new fans uh and i don't want to say i don't want to meet them because like i'm i'm grateful for anybody that likes the band uh-huh but it is a natural fact that if most people who knew either of my who liked either of my bands and knew nothing of me they would not like me you know what i mean like 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 they they just wouldn't like me and that's why like people why because i'm i i am a multifaceted layered individual which means that there's ugliness to me you know what i mean like which means that like i'm like so my girlfriend thinks i take uh the internet too seriously and that nobody really sees it the way i do but like i don't think that's true i think a lot of people see it the way i do which is basically uh we want we're looking for excuses to disregard strangers uh-huh so we love, love, love celebrity A, musician B, whatever. And then we're equally thrilled when they fuck up and do something we don't like. Sure. <laughs> because yeah. we want to cast them into the fucking fire pit. And I think the reason that I'm so off-putting often online is because I'd prefer to just live in the fire pit. I don't want, I, 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 nothing upsets me more than the idea. I've said this a million times and it, I'm, my muscles are tensing as I think about it because it makes me so angry. Uh huh. The idea that I could disappoint a stranger makes me want to cave a stranger's skull in. Like nothing upsets me like somebody I don't know right. acting disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. We don't know each other. You are a stranger to me. There's no way on this earth you could disappoint me. You know what I mean? So why yeah. would I disappoint you? Uh -huh. And is it's because you took my the thing that I make, which is one aspect of my personality, right? Now with something like self defense, you could say, or honestly, if you listen to self defense, you listen uh, to drug church. Uh, I also do lost leader. You, you you take these things holistically. Maybe you can get an idea who I am, right? It's possible. It is, but it's still never going to be the complete picture, and. The idea that I could disappoint a stranger makes me so mad. Like, it makes me feel like strangers don't understand what an actual relationship with a human being is. Right. And, and it... Like, you you don't have that. I don't care what insight you have into me through my art. You yeah. You don't have that. And that's why I get very, like, you know, like, another thing that... <laughs> sorry, sorry, to keep, sorry to keep going to uh, bad conservative radio. Um you hear all this pushback on quote unquote cult cultural Marxism, right? And uh -huh. it's this talking point for idiots right now. And it, it, nobody seems to know what that means. But um, the place that, you know, being an educated enough person, the place that I actually do push back on that and do find issue with it is the idea that we have fully uh, given way to uh, uh, theoretical criticism. Um, so bringing it back to music press. I don't care at all what a stranger hears in a, in an album and reminds them of, 
you know, some class that they took in college that they feel the need to pontificate on and tell me about, I I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm an adult with a brain in my head that's going to listen to the record or not. I know that music press, you believe that your job is to do this thing, but it's really not. If you're not capable of talking about craft, then you're not offering much because we can all just listen to it and have our own experience. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh-huh. So I really push back on theoretical criticism and I, I as far as an instructive tool. I, I, I think it's fine if you want to go to college for, for a related field and, and talk about s- stuff all day because it gratifies you and that's your interest. You know what I mean? That's fine. Yeah. But like as far as uh, as far as uh, this this insistence on a on a an ideological lens to your criticism. And this comes up a lot because I'm also a comic book professional and this is the only lens that comic book criticism currently has. And it's very irritating to me because I'm a, I'm a grown man. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not 17. I don't need somebody's opinion to help me form an opinion. I, I, I don't need it. Right. I, I, I wish that you, I wish that people could talk to me about the craft of a thing because that's fascinating. What is not fascinating is why someone thinks that the new Superman movie is, you know, like uh, what it means uh, f- for women of color. Like, like right. that's not interesting. Yeah. Well, that's uh-huh. like the, the, what's the, what's the larger statement, which I mean, at this juncture, we're kind of obsessed with obsessed. And th- and that's the thing. I, I guess I should be clear. There's space for everything. There's space for that type of criticism too. It's just not what you're interested in. And that's, that's fine. As a musician, I can tell you none of us are interested in it. Let no me, musician is interested right. in a stranger's false grasp of our intent. And and uh, look, so maybe like, again, I don't know what your listenership is. Let's say I'm talking to, there's a 19-year-old to this listening that wants to, God help you. Probably not. <laughs> God help you work in music press. Uh-huh. Um, nobody who makes things cares about what you believe our intent is. Nobody, nobody, it, it is almost insulting, but for those of us that can stomach it, it is, uh, not instructive <laughs> and, and it is, it of it is of no, no actual worth. Uh, it, it, you don't, and look, I mean, part of this is also the sickness of the moment, which is, uh, you know, people get boring about a clickbait economy, but it, it exists. And, uh, we have to offer these hot takes all the time. And, uh, you know, so Look, the new Superman movie, what it means to women of color, like that's going to get more clicks than saying, uh, does the Superman film take a formalist approach uh, or, or, or is uh, is there something inventive in the cinematography? One is certainly going to right. get more clicks yeah. than the other. So let me let me ask you a, a question, because it's it is interesting to see the lives that your two main bands have led. You have. um self-defense family which has gone through so many different iterations it's kind of a a project that a devoted number stick with true and drug church you put a demo out you put a record out on no sleep it happens quickly you just put when was the last time self-defense put that many people into a room as as drug church today today yeah uh it's kind of unfair because uh, self-defense in chicago shows are actually pretty good okay uh, All right. but but but, but, you, no, but you, the point you know, taken point right. taken mm-hmm. um 
the uh, drug church right now is hot. Like, just no denying it. People like it. The new record is being well-received, whatever. Um, Self-defense is very hard to break into new people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you're right. It's just, it's some, some people go to our shows that I've seen for 10 years. You know what I mean? And I'm grateful for them, but trying to bridge that divide to a new listener. Look, the reality is most listeners find it impenetrable because if I, like, Mekons. It, it took if, me so goddamn long to listen saying. to Self-Defense Family because it's like, what's you, going on Where do here? you start? Uh-huh. This, this, this is... Uh, intentionally obtuse and, in a way. And yeah. I think it's a band too that just like you talk to you talk to someone and it's like, okay, here's the one, but like you have to understand so much. Yeah. Around, Who like, wants context okay. for so, their fucking listening? Here, here's something that I think I've been internalizing a lot and I uh, hopefully it compares enough. Mm-hmm. I just sent an email to Bob mm-hmm. and it was a 10-minute clip of this show and it was a 10-minute clip of as you were yep. that I do with David. Mm-hmm. I make a clip of as you were that's just like, boom, there it is. If yep. It's so easy, it's so fun and enjoyable, and if you wanna know anything about the show, it's right there. Yep. And then I send two clips from this show that are just like, all right, here's the thing about this <laughs> one is that you have to understand that like this was go- is what's going on. Right. So. Actually, that's a great comparison. Um, there's a, there's a part of me that is so thankful for being able to do a thing with my friend mm-hmm. that's fun and easy yep. and a lot more people like. Yep. And there is a part of me that can do that at the same time as I'm looking at this thing that I have babied for two years and realize that it's never going to be that. So interesting thing, right, is... Uh, Self-Defense and Drug Church both put out records this year. The Self-Defense record is not to be dramatic. It's it, it, it's um, bleak. It, yeah, it's, it's well, it's a hard look at oneself, right? Uh, and uh, I'm proud of it in that respect. And that it's like, uh, in addition to the people that I play with just being really good at what they do. I mean, from from my end, it is a, a rather severe look at myself, right? And and. Uh, you know, people like that record. A lot of people tell me that that record's great and did fine, you know, but this drug church record blowing up, I was confiding in a friend recently that works in music. I was saying, yeah, it's it's a bit frustrating to me that, uh, you know, like th- this is, uh, both acts are very fun, but yeah, uh, but yeah self-defense is, is very much an extension of my personality for many years, you know? And uh, he he had a point. He's like, yo, people like to jump off of things and dance. They're yeah. right. He's right. You know what I mean? And right. and I think I think what gets misconstrued there or confused is it's not a knock against sitting in a dark room with a candle listening to a record, and it's not a knock against stage diving. It's it, it it's these two things are not they're in opposition to each other in the respect that they're opposites, but they're not. There's no reason they should be adversarial. They, they, they uh, it's, it's perfectly, uh, you know, possible that people like both and get certainly, um, something out of one that they don't get out of the other. But you know, it's, it's like, you go there and you have fun. You go here and you're like, you're in your thoughts. Okay, yeah, one hundred percent. And, but that's a tough thing for me because mentally, while while I love playing in drug church and I have fun. 
I'm not in a fun space in life. I'm in like a, I'm in like a, uh, this is, I guess you could say more serious, but uh, just a, uh, mentally, I know what I would be drawn to. And so I guess it took me by surprise that uh, people really do like to have fun. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like people, like, I mean, ask, what a concept, I, but I mean, ask anybody, I feel you though, ask yeah. anybody that knows me. I'm not fun. Like I'm funny, uh -huh. you know, I'm, I'm funny, but I'm not fun. Like I, I, I'm I, having a lot of fun No, but like, no, I, I feel you. And I think that like, you know, it's just going back even to, to the end of, end of a year mm -hmm. as a project where you're expanding so much of it outward. Mm -hmm you can feel the excitement in those oh. recordings of just like, yo, we're going to play this song that's like six minutes long and it's going to be really hard to follow where I'm at yep. because I'm, we're also purposely going to bury the vocals, but that's what we're doing on this EP. I mean, it, it, it's uh yeah, I, I hope that people enjoy that part. I totally get why I would lose some people, but like it, it's uh uh, the there is a level of excitement to the creativity of being of knowing that and look this I say this respectfully to all the labels that have put us out because we put a lot of work into what we do so like don't think I'm trying to rip you off knowing that you can do anything is very liberating it's very mm -hmm. fun you know what I mean and it provides a new set a new challenge you know what I mean new problem solving thing that you want to tackle and uh, when do you think you when do you think you hit that uh I, I, I you're unique in that sense you take risks that people aren't willing to take from the onset and i think like even over the past few years you've found this way where you are getting more abstract in certain sense but you're also getting a lot more internal in the same i agree um i think that uh so andrew who who, who you know i, I mentioned earlier uh, his background is, is crust music. Uh, that, that's what he grew up playing. And I think that the fact that both of us come from a space where it's inconceivable to make a living off of music. Nobody, there's maybe two bands in world history that have been crust acts that could pay their rent. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, right. uh, it's inconceivable. And for that reason, I mean, tragedy made a new record probably because they they all like busted their ass working manual labor for the past five years. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, tragedy sells so many records, and let me just tell you, people at home, even if they were selling them direct, it's not enough to live off of. Right? You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, coming from backgrounds where success is not an option, it just leads it it just lead the only thing it leaves is personal fulfillment. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you're not, you, there's not going to be a pool. There's no pool waiting for you. It, it, it's, did you get the most out of this for yourself? Did you, did you feel fulfilled when you, when you did it? Uh, and that's why some of our records sound like trash is because we went in and did exactly what we were thinking in that moment and didn't bother to record it a second time because we were doing exact, it's supposed to be for many years, we looked at records as truly a snapshot of a moment mm -hmm. that's it you know what i mean not to be fawned over not to be treated like it's precious but to to you know it, it it's a moment and, and uh, maybe that's a moment you enjoy maybe you don't give a shit well i mean yeah there's so many 
so many spots where it's just like you know the the one the cover your face is on the cover uh the bomber will always get through yeah good uh, good song i i like that song i like that song a lot and i it's one of the first releases of yours that i latched onto and you know i remember hearing you refer to a a record that was just like we were in los angeles and we stopped in and we wanted to make the bleakest darkest thing that we could it was 2011 i was like pretty sure i know what he's talking about (laughs) because i felt that yeah (laughs) and that's a spot where you you do make a lot of sacrifices though in doing that you can say there's no success here but there's also i mean i've also put every road possible roadblock in the way of success so yes i agree with you so when when drug church happens you talk about drug church in a way that you're open to so many things self-defense family no chance would you be you know doing some of these things so so drug church when i so drug church is a band that i joined uh, it didn't exist before me, but it was the guys in drug church asked me if I wanted to sing, you know, and it was their idea mm-hmm. to have like, they'd sit, they started writing some songs and the, they knew me from being in self-defense for so many years and a local guy and whatever. And they just reached out and said, Hey, do you want to, we might do a couple shows a year, put out a demo. And I said, sure. And so I treat the band like I joined it and, and, uh, my attitude on it has been look i have been around a while um people have already created their narrative about me whether that's guy who is cool or guy who's lame i don't have to prove myself to anybody you can i'll say yes to anything you know i mean so when somebody asks me what hey we have these two tour options i say whichever one has more people i don't care you know i mean I, i don't care and you know, labels, uh, you know, Pure Noise was asking us the other day, we had two tours ahead of us, and they said, look, we prefer you take this one, but we understand that the other one is cooler. And I straight up said, I, I don't remotely care what's cool. Right, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because there's nothing more embarrassing to me than when a band is chasing cool. It, it's, it's, it's shameful. Like, you look, you don't look like adults, and it's terrible. <laughs> so I... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, like there's people that think I'm lame. There's people that think I'm cool. It, it's, uh, again, these are strangers. <laughs> you know right. I mean? like these, are, these are people I don't know. Has being in drug church, a band where you can go in and not have to make the decisions that you do with self-defense family and also, you know, being able to scratch that itch of making fun music for people, has, do you think that you get a certain freedom with self-defense out of that is it nice to just have like this thing where it's like okay i can go and have these parts of me fulfilled well i'll tell you the uh, uh, an issue is that um the uh i'm not i tried not to be a decision maker for drug church at all but they kind of like they still ask me to make a decision every once in a while you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean like because like I've been around long enough that people just, even though I've done the wrong thing every every part of my career. But they, you're not. But you're not going in there and just being like, no, okay, listen, this is how we do it. No, like, no, no. Right. Look, uh-huh. I, but but I'm 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 like that with self defense too, where I defer to the musicians. The musicians are more talented than I am, and and if I walk in and they have a ska song written, I guess we're doing ska that day. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because until I can do what they do, 
it really I, I only pull the brakes when something is really off the rails to me you know what i mean yeah. like like uh on this new drug church record i poo-pooed one riff i said no we're not doing that you know what i mean but like for the mo and i won't be in the music videos but like if beyond that like i mean i'm game yeah oh oh you guys wrote you guys wrote a fucking some 41 song i guess i'm gonna have to learn how to make that cool uh -huh. you know what i mean and that's part of the deal it's it's problem solving you know like when i walk in like the self self-defense just wrote new material uh, that sounds like cat power. And I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do to that, but I know that it is a fun challenge and I'm grateful that I'm, I'm grateful that I get fun challenges this long into my music career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like, look, there's dudes that are making a fine living playing music. They don't need a challenge. You know what I mean? Or if they do, they'll do it on the private time. They'll do, you know, they got their own little projects that they sort of do just for fun. I don't have that. I, you know, everything is a challenge for me, particularly, like I said, I'm not very talented. So like the, 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 the problem solving part is exciting and I'm, I think it's cool that I still get it. Yeah. I guess it's, it's been interesting to follow along and to see you, apply it in so, in so many different ways and like, you know, work in so many different directions kind of simultaneously. Funny thing. Um, I'm being asked a lot on this, uh, drug church, uh, press run. Uh, you're a busy guy. How do you do it? You know, I, I crossed out that question. Rightfully so. Because I mean, I know guys, I know a guy that sleeps three hours a night. Yeah. Uh, he has four businesses. Uh, he oversees uh, a staff of 12 uh, and then uh, you could say that he herds another 150 freelance cats. You know what I mean? That's a busy person. Mm -hmm. I'm in two bands. I write comic books. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My time is occupied, but I'm not busy. You know what I mean? Busy sure. is busy is different. Busy, uh -huh. is, busy is a mindset. I, I'm, I'm just a guy who like... If I'm not doing something productive at some point in my day, then I'm feeling anxious and unhappy. But it's not it's not like I'm like a you know, like a like, like I'm full of energy and I'm always doing something, you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. like that. It, it's just that like I have a so, there's something wrong with me probably where if I don't if I'm not directing a creative thought somewhere, I feel low. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. feel low. Like did um you talked about a dark time, mm. and 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 you wrote two records that were that were based on it. Yeah, and it had to it had to help. It had to help bring you out of it. Oh, right? for sure. I mean, look, it, it, seeing yourself clearly is job one, right? Yeah. I mean, not if you want to be successful. If you want to be successful, be a deluded fucking weirdo for the rest of your life. But if if if, if you want to be an actual person, then uh, seeing yourself clearly is is first and foremost, and. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Like, look, somebody asked me the other day, Hey, my girl just left me. I'm all fucked up. How do I get through this? And I say, it's just going to be, you're just going to be fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. That's the answer. You're just mm -hmm. going to be fucked up until you're not. And, and uh, it, it, but you're never going to be not fucked up or it's going to take seven times as long. If you can't, self-diagnose and say oh i'm right. fucked up i am fucked, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like and that doesn't mean that like yeah you might wallow at times you might 
because that's the nature of people. This, you know, they, it's it, to me, and that was the grossest part of the sort of victimhood that I was living, which is like sanctimony. I hate sanctimony. I kill. I, yeah. I, I it makes me nauseous. But I'm that dude. I like you. When you're a victim, you fu- you get sanctimonious, and that's that's where I was. Where I was in the right, other people was in the wrong. Yeah, I knew that. The world didn't. So I'm brighter than the world. You, you know what I mean? I'm better than the world. And uh, that sort of shit is, uh, that can be ugly. You know what I mean? And it never wears well. It, it, it never, like, if your grievance is of a personal nature and it's not, like I said, some systemic fucking effort to marginalize you. You're not going to make anything that's relatable. Right. You're just going to make something that's, like, uh, internal. I mean, and, but that's the thing. Even if it's self-involved and that's what you needed to do, good for you. But, like, it, it is, yeah, it, it's it's an ugly, ugly it's an ugly self. So, what uh, what what did choke bring to you? What did what did choke in Berlin so I, mean to you in in, in so, that? What did you relate to in that? So so that song. Uh, it's fucked up how good that song thank is. Thank you. Thank you. That's and nice. what, what what I don't know. I uh, you know I had a I had a mental health scare mm. last year kind of i'm a recovering alcoholic i'm 32 mm. i don't see people that often right <laughs> so this this record is it's like it's it's just a very internal and it's like i took a lot of walks this record because yeah. like at the, at the very least it's a walking like, record for sure yeah um but it's something that i haven't been able to pinpoint is is that that story that just so happens to be about the fucking singer Slapshot being in berlin so choke is is uh uh, kind of one note to a lot of people. Um, you know, he's just a guy that barks into a microphone, right? But I've run into these people in Berlin. I've played Berlin a hundred times in my life, and I've run into these old timers that swear there's this other part to him that is like a bon vivant, like sort of art loving weirdo that lived in lived in Berlin for I think he lived there for a year, or whatever. But he, uh, but the way that they talk about it, I mean, I have no idea if this is true. You know what I mean? No idea. I, mean, I wasn't there. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> care, man. The myth is enough. Right. But this idea that this man who is uh, seen by so many as just a, just a boob, you know what I mean? Just like a, like a, like a, yeah, he'll step on it. Yeah, like just like a goon, you know, uh-huh. like, like, uh, but you know, he's multifaceted. There's parts of his life that you don't know. You know uh-huh. what I mean, and like I guess that the, uh, going back to the product thing, and and I, I maybe that f- maybe that comes into the product part is that when you get into a subculture, when when you are interested in in people's lives, um, y- you tend to make them a product, you know, and and you don't always see uh, these other aspects of people. Uh, you buy you buy the part you want. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You, you 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 get the prime cut, and you and and you leave so many of the other aspects uh, on the on the. You know, you don't care about the tongue. You know, what I mean, you don't want the tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so that's on my mind a lot lately because let's say that I, let's say that like again the type of music that I play is not it's not a high ceiling, but let, let's just say that for taste change dramatically and people love what I do. It's gonna be very stressful for me because I I I, I want to be respected. I don't want to be loved in the way that some psychopaths want to be loved. I don't want to be like I, my girlfriend loves me. That's that's what I value. You know what I mean? Like I, like being a, being admired by strangers is uh, like 
if that was to happen, I don't know I would do very well with it because I feel very constrained. Have you seen the dude I think of a lot lately is that dude Ezra Miller. You know, you know that he's an actor? No, I, I think, don't actually. I might have his yeah. name wrong. I think it's, uh-huh. the, I think it's the flash. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. So he's, he's social media guy and public guy everything that everybody at this moment wants yeah. everything like mm-hmm. the way that he comports himself the way the things that he talks about the the, the, the causes it's just nothing but charming everything the, exactly every, every exactly good thing the about causes it. that yeah, are important right. to him uh, they all resonate uh-huh and if i were him i'd be on a bridge yeah a- and the reason for that is because i painted myself in a corner where i can't be myself that the second that i do something that's outside of, that's off book that's outside of what these people demand of me because i painted myself as this thing they're going to turn on me and all that love that you got all that approval is going to give way to people fucking building your gallows and i'm just i can't do it (laughs) you know what i mean can't do it well i mean i I think it's interesting to i'm gonna hold you for a couple more um minutes not Mm. questions sure sure um you know to talk about multifaceted people and and people are are capable of so much more than what you see i mean just looking at cheer and looking at have you considered punk music the Mm -hmm. idea that both of these records come from the same place and you are taking one in a very self analytic place and then you're taking another one where it's like you are finding all of the other enemies everybody else out there can relate to Mm. all these other people in authority that you're saying fuck you to Mm -hmm. and it's i think that there's a lot of power in the idea that it all comes from the same place it's all it's all an exploration of of one spot that you're in one feeling but a thing that i've found frustrating in life is that people don't necessarily want that like I write comic books for a living. I've been cagey about music and comics. I, I, I'm going to incorporate them together more in the future because I feel like I've established myself enough now. But starting out, it was a thing where I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about either one to the other to the other side because people have such a tendency to see you as only one thing. And I do it the same thing. Like the kid from My Chemical Romance. He's a fine comic book writer. I see him as the kid from My Chemical Romance, and that's right. fucking unfair. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like... He's a perfectly capable writer. For some reason, he's always going to be My Chemical Romance kid to me. And that is fucking ugly on my part. And I didn't want to do that to myself. Now, thankfully, nothing I do is so successful that anybody anybody's going to make that mistake. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you even look at this is uh, this is the singer from Self-Defense Family. Yeah. His new band. Oh, know. yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but I, that, I, that doesn't happen. But I, I mean, I've been grateful. I've been grateful that. You know, there was offers like Deathwish wanted to do the Drug Church record, and and Deathwish is a good label, you know. But I said no because uh, it, it, at the time, Self Defense was on Deathwish, and to me, it would have been the kiss of death to have so close an association where people consider one your side project. Where musicians don't, lo- by and large, see things as side projects. That, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, Everything is just work. something we're just doing. Do it. You you know, just, it's, it's, it's all a part of something right. internal. Everything is just something you're doing, uh-huh. and, and uh, it doesn't minimize anything. But it doesn't. It also doesn't aggrandize anything. You know. Um, good things are things are good. Y'all right with the fact that people are coming out to these shows? Is that? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, how I'm suspicious of them, and uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, if they're having a good time, good for them. Very nice having you over. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. All right. Hey, what a ride. Patrick is a talker and a thinker of the most unique variety. He's someone that I enjoy listening to weekly on Axe to Grind and was really so happy to have him over and to watch him work and to follow along on this one and riff with what was on his mind and to also look at these two records, Drug Church's Cheer and Self-Defense Families, Have You Considered Punk Music and to look at where they came from and there's so much that I latched onto in that conversation, but a big one for me is the full spectrum of emotion that can be explored and the idea that even with so much out there, we can never really know, but we can certainly relate. Big thanks to Patrick for coming by and sharing. Check out Self-Defense Family and Drug Church online, selfdefensefamily.bandcamp.com, drugchurch.bandcamp.com. Axe to Grind, subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, your interest in hardcore could be large it could be small the conversation is engaging and you find yourself wanting to do your own investigating it's my favorite podcast of the year and a podcast i pledge to on patreon which you can do for this podcast over at patreon.com slash better yet podcast don't forget to subscribe leave a review tell a friend we're on facebook twitter is at better yet pod Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. The website is betteryetpod.com. And thank you so much. Thanks to Patrick. Thank you, Chloe and Lily. Thanks to James Goodson and David Anthony. Fuck Pat Nordyke. First time on this show, we're closing with a song by the guest title track from the self-defense record, a song about choke and a song that is somehow about me. Come back next week. Thanks, brothers. Don't get decisions through the lens of a dumb adult. Walls went around, broke down and built. Choke went to Berlin to have his awakening. No patience
unavoidable days that underline and highlight that you've been doing it wrong and for so long you can't crawl your way back to reasonable you have to swing violently to the other side which as it turns out isn't violent at all but mild and neutral and bland and pablum and sand for your landing cotton for your tongue 